I'm Brett Chang, and this is your Peak Daily for Thursday, September 14th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Peak Pals, do you want to feel woefully inadequate to start the day? Why not? Let's start with this. Meet Maximus Trest. Besides having just an awesome name, the 13-year-old from White Rock, BC, single-handedly designed and coded a game that will be exclusively released on PlayStation next year. Now, I don't know about you, but when I was 13, I could barely beat a video game, let alone design one. In fact, I still have trouble beating video games. I have to ask, why is Zelda Tears of the Kingdom so darn hard? But Peak Pals, besides this child prodigy in gaming, I guess, you know, you can make a career out of gaming, so don't be too hard on your kids when you see them playing their PlayStation or their Xbox. But besides gaming prodigies, we've got a great episode for you today, Peak Pals. For our first story, common cold drugs not only taste bad, they also don't work. For our second story, White House asks big tech for AI answers. And for our last story, don't pick up the phone. For our first story, ever feel like your cold medication isn't really doing the job? That may be because it's literally not doing the job or any job for that matter. Here's what you need to know. An FDA advisory panel found that an active ingredient commonly found in cold medicine is no more effective than a placebo for treating congestion. The drug is called oral, I'm going to really botch this peak pals, but I'm going to try it out here. Oral phenylphrine, it's a tough one. You're going to want to look this up, is found in at least 250 products according to the FDA, including certain types of NyQuil, Tylenol, and Sudafed. While not harmful, the 16-person panel unanimously concluded that oral phenylphrine, we don't do well in medical terminology here on the Peak Daily, doesn't do much of anything at the dosage found in cold medication. This matters because the guidance could lead health regulators to ban the ingredient, which would force drug companies to develop new formulations of their products, potentially creating shortages of cold and flu medicine. It could also push more people to use the decongestant pseudoaftrin. This is very challenging story, Peak Pals which is more difficult to get. Rules vary from province to province, but it's simply kept behind the counter at pharmacies and in limited supply. Which brings us to the bottom line. Next time you want to clear up a runny nose, be sure to check the ingredients first. And by the way, check what we're talking about in the story so you know what to look for until regulators say otherwise. Drug meters can continue to sell the substance that doesn't work, phenylephrine, even if it doesn't work. So make sure to check those labels. For a second story, Washington rolled out the red carpet for big tech's A-listers yesterday, but instead of asking them who they're wearing, the Silicon Valley equivalent of the Avengers were actually quizzed about AI. So driving the news, a who's who of big tech met in Washington yesterday to discuss safeguards for AI, with industry leaders and lawmakers acknowledging that AI regulation will be challenging but necessary. Attendees included Elon Musk, Mark Zuckerberg, Bill Gates, OpenAI's Sam Altman, Microsoft's Satya Nadella, and Google's Sundar Pakai. To catch you up, the U.S. government has already begun laying the groundwork for AI legislation. In July, the White House said Google, OpenAI, and Microsoft sign on to its voluntary AI commitment, a step that's meant to serve as a placeholder for future legislation. Adobe, IBM, NVIDIA, and Salesforce all signed on to the voluntary commitments this week ahead of the forum. The Biden administration is also in the midst of crafting executive order on AI, another stopgap measure. And this is all happening because lawmakers can't regulate something they don't understand or that they probably shouldn't, at least. The forum is meant to convene the key players in AI to help lawmakers get their arms around the thorny issues raised by the technology. AI is already creating problems from lying chatbots to deep fakes to copyright issues related to the training of large language models. OpenAI CEO Sam Altman, who fired the starting gun in the AI race last year, said the meeting in Washington is an important, urgent, and in some ways unprecedented moment. 
which is why this all matters. As AI advances at a rapid clip, lawmakers are scrambling to get up to speed on a technology that could reshape how we work and live. Here's hoping they're getting good advice from the tech bigwigs. For our third story, stop us if you've heard this one before. Your phone rings, you pick it up, and within 0.01 seconds, you realize it's a scammer, you hang up and swear off answering calls for good. Turns out the same thing is happening to, well, at least most of us. Nearly half of all Canadians have been targeted by a scam attempt recently per a new TransUnion report, and the most commonly reported type of scam was vishing, which you might know better as those scam phone calls I get at every waking hour. Reports of vishing were up 3% last quarter from the previous one. Meanwhile, the overall rate of digital fraud in Canada was up 1.3% year over year. To catch you up, scam phone calls have been a growing problem for years now. In 2021, CRTC, Canada's federal telecoms regulator, tried to combat them by mandating service providers implement a system called STIR, Shaken, that detects altered phone numbers. But you've probably noticed their efforts haven't achieved much. The number of scam calls hasn't dropped as sub-providers don't have the tech capabilities to implement the system. Scammers have found ways to work around it, and the system doesn't actually stop scam calls from coming through. It just identifies them. CRTC Director of Telecommunications Enforcement, Elaine Garneau, told the CBC, to be honest, it's a global problem. There's no silver bullet to the issue. And these scam calls matter because while folks certainly are susceptible to fraud collectively, Canadians lost a reported $283.5 million to fraud in the first half of the year. But most people do recognize scam calls for what they are. The real issue is that these calls are so incessant that people are simply refusing to pick up their phones, rendering what was once a pretty handy technology essentially useless. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to business news podcast in Canada. If you've got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our newsletter at readthepeak.com. Thanks, Peak Pals, and have a great rest of the day. When you give me shock, when you-